Welcome to the Mothers You Know podcast. Thank you for being here. This is a place where we as women remember the spirit God gave us. We know how much we matter and we believe all things are possible to them that believe on this Savior Jesus Christ. Here at Mothers You Know, we support the parents of young men in the Sons of Healman and young women in the Daughters of Light programs at Life Changing Services. These programs provide therapeutic and mentoring services for youth struggling with depression, anxiety, self-harm, pornography, and any other unwanted or difficult behaviors. We offer parent support, training, and resources for mothers and fathers seeking the best way to support their loved one. Any mother is welcome to join in the Mothers Who Know classes support and training. You do not need to have a child in life-changing services to join in. We hope you'll join us. I am Karen Broadhead. I serve as the director of Mothers You Know, and I serve as the parent support specialist at life-changing services. I invite you to join with me and other mothers from across the country in our Warrior Mothers Who Know online support and training group. If you have a child struggling with pornography, depression, anxiety, or other difficult behaviors, you will find a safe and uplifting place to learn from other moms and learn principles and strategies to best support your loved one. Please go to motherswhoknow.org to find the online meeting details. We talk about difficult things here with the intent to shine light in dark corners and to eliminate isolation and shame. We are mothers with warrior hearts who are raising the warriors of this generation. We know we must learn to fight well for ourselves first, then we can confidently support and cheer on our loved ones in the best ways. Hey, welcome. It's so awesome to be with you again. I'm so grateful that you're here. This is Karen Broadhead. And today I'm here in the Like Dragons Did They Fight podcast with a guy that knows how to fight like a dragon. His name is Smith Alley. And I've been looking forward to doing an interview with him and meeting him in person. And I count it a great honor to meet him because he carries a torch that your son is also carrying, but he's doing it in a way that has created a platform and some energy behind it. And so I'm really excited for you to hear more about him. So Smith, hi there. Hi, it's good to be here. You know, when I joined Sons of Healman three years ago, I don't think I ever would have pictured myself here, but it's been a crazy journey and I'm so blessed to be able to do what I'm doing and speak out more about what young people are dealing with today with pornography and mental health issues and everything that comes with that. So thank you for having me and I'm excited to chat. Yeah, so good. So give us a little bit of a picture of who you are just as a guy. Like, what, what do you do? What do you like? And how old are you? And what's your family like? So I'm I'm 17 years old. I was raised in Bountiful, Utah. And I have three sisters, my mom and my dad. Their names are Ben Alley and Sally Alley. My mom has that unique name. We always joke around that she must have loved my dad very much to be willing to take a name like Sally Alley for the rest of her life. So then I have two older sisters, both that are married. My oldest sister 
has a daughter, so my first niece, and then I have a younger sister. Like I said, I'm 17 years old. I'm going to be a senior in high school next year. I'm big into cars and motorcycles and, you know, fixing stuff with my hands and sports. I play lacrosse for my high school. So like very active, very always doing things. I don't like to sit around a lot, but yeah, as a person, I'd say that encompasses me with, you know, especially cars and motorcycles, sports, family, hanging out with friends, just a pretty average teenage boy. Yeah, so good. And if you listeners out there, if you could see Smith, you'd be like, that boy has such a great smile. His smile says really cool things about him. He's headed somewhere. He's a pretty good looking guy, I think. But yeah, Smith, I wonder, you have created a platform and you're using it to influence a lot of people and using what looked like, you know, a mess in your life and have turned it into a message, kind of a miracle, a miraculous little place. Tell us a little bit more about that platform and then we'll go back to other things. Like, how did you get to? Yeah. Yeah. So I started a company called Protect Strong and a nonprofit called the Live Life Bigger Foundation. And I'm on Instagram and just speaking out, sharing my message. I think that a quote that I tried to live by is by Abraham Lincoln. And it says, I'm grateful for my struggles because without them, I would have never found my strengths. And it's just that thought that because of my weaknesses, I've been able to go through that refiner's fire and I've been able to turn that around and put myself in a position, not only where I feel strong, but I can feel strong enough to help other people and to help them get stronger. And so being able to do that and being able to grow my message and grow the audience that I've been able to share my messages with has been amazing. And, you know, speaking at conferences and to youth groups and being able to to do all this stuff at such a young age has been, it's been a big blessing in my life and I learned a lot from it and I love it and I hope to keep on doing it longer for as long as I can. So good. Yeah. So what is your message? Share, share with us. Like if someone were to say, Smith, we need you to come talk over here. We want you to share your message with us. What are some of the things that you share? What's your message? Yeah, I think that I think that there's a lot of problems with my generation. I think that there's a lot of things that we try to hide because of the sense of like everybody needs to be perfect. And so there's a lot of issues that we all struggle with in my generation that go undealt with. And so I'd say that my main message, it can go from many things. We can talk about many issues, but my main message is that people need love and connection and that we as a society need to live life bigger and that we need to focus more on who we are instead of what we're doing. We need to focus on loving others instead of comparing ourselves to others. And we just need to bring more acceptance, more love into our lives. We need to be more vulnerable, more open so that other people can see that there's no need to be perfect. I think that's the main thing. And of course that opens my message up to a very broad spectrum you know, anywhere from pornography and sexual self-mastery to mental health and suicide awareness, 
to eating disorders and even just pretty general motivational speaking where you're just telling people that what what they want to do in life, they should go out and do. So I think that opens my message up to a lot of different things. But yeah, that basis is just connection and love. That is so scary that you do that. It's scary. Like you're such a threat to the dark side, connecting people and promoting love. How dare you do that? Yeah. Yeah. I I also think that it puts a big target on my back. And I think that a lot of people who are doing similar things would agree that when you put yourself in a situation like that, it opens you up to have a big target of from the adversary on your back. And of course, then because of that, you have to, there's more work to be done to protect yourselves. But ultimately I feel blessed from what I've been able to do just because, you know, Christ taught charity, Christ taught love. And so being able to do that, I received a lot of blessings and I learned a lot about myself and I've learned a lot about what life is about. And so I'm very grateful for that, even though it is a scary thing sometimes. Yeah, totally. And you know, it's what you said earlier about, you know, this message of love and connection and that it's okay for live from a place of who you are, not necessarily what you do or what you're doing, that it's not necessary to be perfect. What an incredible, powerful thing to have with anybody. I'm sure that when you go into, you know, to do a presentation or to meet with a class or whatever you do, I'm I'm sure that you're an example of that authenticity and vulnerability that you spoke of, but it's an incredible to what happens to people your age and probably people my age who are watching you. What happens to us when we can understand that message of it's not about what you do. It's about who you are. It's not about being perfect. Yeah, I think example that just happened to me recently I had a friend who one night showed up at my house at two in the morning and she had just tried to take her life and she was obviously at a very low point in her life and she was struggling a lot and I remember I remember that day where you know she cried she cried on my shoulder as I gave her a hug and I just was able to feel God's love for her and Christ's love for her and reassure her that everything would be okay. I was going to be there every step of the way to, to get her help and to, and to help her get what she needs and to help her get all these resources that she was in need of. And so then just three weeks ago, I had a text from her that just said, she was just thanking me for everything that I'd done. And of course, like that thanks isn't what I expect. And I told her, you know, there's no need to thank me. I'm just a tool in God's hands, but I hope that you'll, you'll take that as a lesson and that you'll continue to be a, a tool in God's hands for other people, because now you have your own unique story. You have your own story about bouncing back and about hitting rock bottom and then coming back up. And now you can go out and you can share that and you can help people. 
And she just said, I'm already two steps ahead of you. (laughs) And so just that idea that what seemed like, you know, before I'd seen a lot of selfish behavior in her. And then now it's just a lot of outward behavior, a lot of loving other people doing, doing things for other people. I think when she took that message to heart, that's who she became. And honestly, she's just an amazing person now not that she wasn't before but so pleasant to be around and a great example of christ-like love and charity ah so good like that's literally like you know like dragons did they fight that scripture that you know highlights that name title of that book the whole mosiah 2011 you know they fought for their lives yeah no, fought for their lives and their wives and their children. They exerted themselves and like dragons did they fight. Like mm-hmm. I love that. They fought for their life. Yeah, and it's that's really you know, back then it was very literally taken. And I think it's just as literal now that we're fighting for our lives. And so you know, to have that, to have that message and to have that divine, um, I don't know what to call it, divine advice, almost divine revelation that we need to fight just like they did for our lives, I think is amazing that we have that today. But, you know, the same battle that they were in, we're in one that's just as hard today. So, um, yeah, so good. And, you know, I can't help but think of the pre-existence the life that we fought to have to come and participate in the life that our savior and champion captains for us, you know, being our brother who said, I got you. It's possible. And the agency is a really big deal. And you, you need a life. And I've come to give it more abundantly. I mean, just the fact that we fought to have a life, yeah you know so good i love that okay so tell me say the name of your company slower so it's protect strong it's p-r-o-t-e-c-h-t s-t-r-o-n-g because it's got like the pro tech in there and yeah and then my nonprofit is the live life bigger foundation okay so the mission of your nonprofit live life bigger what's the mission it's to inspire educate and uplift kids through resources such as podcasts speaking presentations and other things to give them the help and the love and the inspiration that they need and then to offer help and resource to parents in need so cool that is so cool okay and your pro tech Protect, protect. Yeah. Okay. Company, what do you do there? What's that for? So I started this last year. I realized that there was a big gap in my parents' generation who didn't grow up with technology is the only generation who will ever have to raise kids who did grow up with technology and they didn't, right? So I grew up with technology. I'll raise kids with technology. My parents didn't grow up with technology, but they have to be on the ball and raise me with technology. And so I'm trying to bridge that gap 
So I help parents know what parental controls and filters and restrictions that they should use to try and keep their house not only safe from pornography as best as they can, but also to unite their family into being a team instead of what usually happens, which is the parents versus the kids, but uniting that family into the family versus the world, because that's a real battle. Most parents aren't trying to ruin their kids' lives, but the adversary in the world is. And so being able to show kids that their parents are on their side and being able to tell the kids that, you know, your mom putting a filter on your phone isn't what's trying to bring you down. It's the adversary. It's the world that's trying to bring you down. So bridging that gap and then helping parents with technology, that's what we're trying to do. So far, I've just been doing that in home myself, but I'm hoping to have digital courses up in the near future. So yeah. That's quite awesome. So quite awesome. It's so cool. Yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah. You. So, okay. You've given us this little picture of here's where I'm at. And this is what I'm kind of awakened to, right? Because you mm -hmm. said you're thankful for what you've gone through and what it's revealed about who you are and what your capacity is. And maybe even a call to go beyond you to help others, right? So yeah. tell me a little bit more about your personal story and how, where did you come from? Like, what was your real messy part? How did you find like life-changing services? How did that all come about as far as your fight for self-mastery? Right. I think that all problems with addiction and all mental problems, whether it be anxiety or depression, you know, pornography use, drug use, I think that it all comes out of a lack of self-love, which is a common thing in childhood. That's mm -hmm. why we have people who go to therapy. That's why we have plenty of licensed therapists who uh, help us go, who help us walk through and unpack all our problems. So I think that my, my disconnect of love happened in elementary school. I had a really bad stutter when I was a younger kid, you know, even into second and third grade, I had a really bad stutter. It, it was really hard for me to speak in front of the class. I closed my eyes really hard and I'd want to get out my sentence, but I just couldn't. And so I was made fun of for that. And the big thing is like, after so long, when you're a young kid, when you're in elementary school, there comes a point where the kids don't have to be mean anymore because you're already mean to yourself. And so I got to that point where I was just bullying myself and I was just down on myself. Even after I'd gone through five years of speech therapy and had seen some development in my speech, I was speaking better. I could get my sentences out. Even then, you know, that's when the kids stopped making fun of me, but that's when I continued to make fun of myself and be down on myself for whatever imperfections I saw. And so that's where I found like the disconnect. That's where I found the lack of love. And then that led into when I was nine, I was exposed to pornography. I had a little Android tablet that I'd gotten for Christmas. And I clicked on a website that wasn't what it appeared to be. I saw the porn on there. It was very soft porn. And just like my parents had taught me, I turned the, la I turned the tablet off 
but because I was ashamed of what I'd seen, I didn't tell them about the experience. And then because I hid that from them because I never told them about that experience, when pornography, when I was exposed again later in my life at around 10, 10 and a half, it was already a hidden thing for me. It was already a secret thing for me. So then in that time where I, you know, when you're going into your teenage years, you have all those hormones. You don't really know who you are. You don't feel like you fit in anywhere. You're every pre-tween and tween and teen doesn't know who they are. They don't know their identity. So you're trying on new identities every day. Again, you have like all those hormones going through you. Life's hard. School's hard. Everything just seems to be hard. And so that's when I was able to, you know, porn was my little fix and porn was what I got, the only love that I felt worthy of. And so at about 10 and a half, I started using porn regularly. And then it got worse and worse. I started to use more hardcore porn and use porn more often until I was about 14. And I was watching porn five, six, sometimes seven times a day. And I was very anxious. I was dealing with a lot of depression and some mental health issues. And that's when, you know, that was my mess. And that's what I'm coming back from. And that's what I'm still learning from and trying to spread my story about. And it's really that, like we said at the beginning of this podcast, I'm a very normal teenager. I was raised in a very normal Christian household. My parents are good people. They were, in fact, like, they were known as the strict parents when we were growing up. So it's not like I was given a phone with unlimited internet access when I was a little kid and I found all these horrific things. Like I'm a very moderate, I'm a very moderate control. If, you know, if we're saying that this is all just a a project, then I'm a very moderate control. And in fact, if at my age, I saw porn then with, what technology was and with the restrictions and everything that my parents did, then surely any kid out there is seeing porn. They're being exposed to porn because the internet's anxious to show it to them. And so then, you know, I'm 14, there came a point in my life where curiosity from pornography led me into a short-term relationship with a girl that ended with false accusations against me. So then at 14, I was sitting in a courtroom in front of a judge with charges and I was wondering where my life went wrong and, you know, just a lot of self-reflection, a lot of crazy emotional days, a lot of tears with my parents and going through that. So that's where I, I felt like I had hit rock bottom and I felt like I didn't want any other kid to ever go through this again. And I knew the path that had taken me there. And I knew that that path was pornography. And so after I had been in Sons of Helaman for a few years, after I was able to better myself and finally be strong enough for myself and start to help other people, I wanted to do that as much as I can, because again, I don't want to find anyone else in that situation. If I can help them, if I can keep young men from, going too far down that path of pornography or drug, you know, drug abuse, whatever that is, if I can keep them from going down too far that path, they won't find themselves at rock bottom, I hope. And so that's what I'm trying to do. That's kind of where I've been and now where I'm going. Mm -hmm. 
Smith, thank you so much for sharing mm -hmm. that because really it helps so much to see a picture of because often we'll just see where people are at, how amazing that looks and think I can't relate to that, right? Or, yeah. yeah. And not only that, but oftentimes like people think, okay, you know, you bettered yourself and now you're fine. But I also stand as a message of, you know, I'm doing better. I'm trying to be a better person. I'm trying to work on my mental health. I'm doing all this stuff, but I'm still not perfect. And I still make mistakes every day. And every day I still wake up with that, with that little boy in the back of my head who was scared and, you know, who couldn't speak in front of his class. And I still have to get over that every day. And every day I have to wake up with my same anxieties and depressions and everything like that. And I have to face those fears. But the difference is just like the scripture says, and they fought for their lives and for their wives and for their children. And they exerted themselves and like dragons that they fight. So the difference is now I'm not just cowering from my fears or from the things that are trying to attack me. Now I'm not just accepting those, but I'm standing up and I'm fighting for them. And that's the difference that's being made. It's not that, it's not that I don't get knocked down every once in a while because I do and every once in a while I fell and every once in a while I can't keep myself from falling into a depressive episode and every once in a while I feel really bad about myself and you know that still happens even though I'm trying to do what I'm trying to do and so not only is there that thing about like there can't be this idea where the people who are having hard times are having hard times, but the people who have gotten over hard times are fine now because that's not how life works, right? We're going to continue to face trial and adversity, and we're going to continue to have to fight the adversary and to um, resist the powers of Satan. And so I think there's that huge message where like, even now I'm not perfect. And oftentimes you know, oftentimes people think, well, you went through this amazing journey. Now you're perfect. You can't relate to me, but it's the opposite of that. It's every day I'm waking up and I'm facing these things still, but the difference is I'm choosing to fight now. Mm. Do you think that, that just that fighting spirit, because I mean, you've exhibited so much warrior chemistry as well as answered the question several times in our episode already. Why are you fighting? Why don't you just give up? Like you've, listened, you've answered those things. You've also, you know, talked about the reality of, you know, it's a lifelong battle. But that warrior hearted spirit where you brought up the enemy, you know, that there's only one enemy. We know that. And it's not us. We're not the enemy. And the people who are all better now, that doesn't make us more of our own enemy. You know, right. I can't. But do you think that warrior awakening that I'm in a fight and I, I'm going to go to battle and this is what this really looks like. It doesn't look perfect. It just looks like I don't give up. And part of it is to say I'm kind of broken while I'm trying, mm -hmm. you know? So good. What kind of things when you were in Sons of Helaman, did you notice that you had no idea? Oh, I didn't know that. Now that I know that, that's super helpful. What kind of things stood out to you in here at Sons of Helaman? 
I think the biggest thing is learning how our brain's working and learning how to do just simple stuff to control that, you know, learning how to do flagpoles, learning how to do stuff. But one of the biggest effects that Sons of Helaman had on me that gave me that same fighting spirit is just seeing other young men who are fighting too. And just being able to say, look, I'm not alone. I'm not doing this alone. I have people who are here doing the same thing and they're here to help me. Dave, who helps with Chris Bynan's group, always says, I will give my last drop of blood, my last bone and my last breath to keep you here on this earth. So having people like that who are there for you, no matter what, I think that just gives motivation to stand and fight. I have a buddy who runs a nonprofit and owns a gym. His name's Rob Eastman. He's fairly well known in Davis County and he has his motto, his life motto tattooed on his arm. And it says, it is better to stand and fight. If you run, you will only die tired. And so just having those other young men who are there to lift you up and fight with you. I think that was the most amazing experience for me because it gave me that motivation. And even still today, like when I need motivation, when I need fire, I make sure that I go back to Santa Filman and sit with those same boys who I've known now for three years and talk with them and get motivation from them and kind of, you know, feed off of their energy and feed off of their willingness to fight and get energy from them. And so I think that's been the most amazing thing for me with Sons of Helaman, just having that support there. Because oftentimes, you know, there's a lot of parents, there's a lot of families who will say they'll find out about a pornography or or self-mastery issue and they'll say, okay, we're going to deal with it ourselves. And although sometimes it works, the biggest problem that I see with that is it's really hard to sit down with your parents and relate to them. It's really hard to sit down with your parents and leave a discussion with your parents and just feel pumped up. And so I think what's different about Sons of Helaman is just, it's kind of like being in the army and just having that brotherhood. And that's been amazing. That's been crucial. And that's one of the biggest reasons that still today, if I know people who are struggling, that is the first place I send them incredible yeah one of satan's greatest tools is to isolate us make us feel ashamed like don't show anybody don't tell anybody so so incredible the god i don't know just how efficiently we can crush the enemy and increase our power in any area that we're struggling if we will connect with other people especially like people that are in the same kind of battle it's pretty yeah. awesome yeah so good oh well can you think of any more like i love dave i wish i could hug dave it's been years since i've seen dave yeah so if you see him the next time you see him tell him karen broadhead this is from her i'm giving you a hug from karen uh, I, just, I will i love that guy I haven't seen him for so many years, but yeah, he has got a great mentoring spirit about him as well as some world ferocity. What are some other things that you've learned from mentors, whether in Sons of Helaman or other people that are also in the battle that they've taught you? That's a good question. I think that 
you know, looking back on people that I've looked up to my whole life, I think all things come around in a circle to helping others. And everything that I've learned has come into a similar message, which is to serve others. You know, anybody from my grandpa to Colin Karshner to Rob Eastman to Chris Bynan to the whole Sons of Human program is is built somewhat around serving others. You know, we have our ministering goals and manpower. And we have, I mean, just Sons of Human itself where you go to a group to help others and to get that support. It's about serving others. It's about loving others. And so I think that's the biggest message that I've received from all of my mentors is to love others and to serve others. And that can be through a lot of different things. And I've learned the ways to serve others and the ways not to serve others and the ways to love others and the ways not to love others. Like, for example, I was told that your life and your spirit is like a campfire and that you can sit at your campfire and you can put wood on it and you can, you know, you can blow on your fire and you can help it build and you can help it grow stronger and you can help it grow brighter and warmer. But what you cannot do is leave your fire to go help someone else start one. You can always let someone come to your fire and sit around your fire and, you know, partake of your love and your spirit and who you are, but you can't ditch who you are. You can't abandon your own love, your own self-love, your own mental health to go help someone whose fire isn't started. So I've learned things like that. I've learned a lot about love in these last few years. And so I think, I think that's the main message that I've gotten from all of my mentors and all of the people that I've looked up to have taught me about that in some way, shape or form. And so I think that's what I try to take to heart the most. And because it's a, it's a common message that I've had. And so I think that's what I try to continue to share about and what I try to continue to talk about. All right. If you're talking to a guy out there and he's in that place of, why should I even try? Right? Why should I even try? I think it's just always going to be like this. I've tried. Or the guy that's saying, yeah, that's not for me. I don't want to go to a group or... No, I'm not going to, I'm just done. Like what kind of message do you have for young men or young women who are in a low place that if they were really sitting here and you knew they were at that place, how would you encourage them to just find their next step from that place? Yeah, I think that I'm going to use this campfire analogy again. I feel like our teenage years or a lot of the times I think humans in general, we have a pile of wood and we have cardboard and we even have like fire starters, but we don't have fire. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes it just takes someone else to come over and to light our fire. And you can't do that yourself. You can sit there for years and years and years and you can stare at your perfectly made campfire with the cardboard and the tissue and the paper towels that are all just waiting to, to touch that sweet flame. But if you don't have the fire and if you don't have, and if you're not humble enough to ask for somebody to light your fire for you, and if you're not 
you know, if you're not willing to try and do what it takes to find that person or to light the fire yourself, then you're not going to go anywhere. And there's nothing better than having a group of people who are willing to come and blow on your fire with you and help build your fire with you. And so I think for anybody who's still questioning that, like, I don't need a group or I'm not even going to try. I'm not even going to talk to my parents anymore. I'm not going to talk to a friend. I'm not going to talk to a therapist. You know, this life is short and this life is hard. And if you get to the end of it and you haven't tried, I think you'll regret it. And I think about, so I'm turning 18 in October and every single day I think about the fact that in almost three months now, I'm going to be 18 and my childhood will be over. And in a perspective that shows you that like this life is short, so make it sweet and do everything that you can to, to have that outward love and to have that fire and connection in your heart. And so however you need to get that, whether it's Sons of Helaman, whether it's you know, for some people it is just with their family, but however you need to get that, I'd, I just urge you to go and get it because it'll change your life. And I know that because it did change mine. Thank you so much. All right. Well, I wish we had more time. I just wanted to express my appreciation for your good battling. Thank you. And for also pointing out that you, it's not that you don't battle. You you even have pointed out that you've discovered that the intensity of your battles can be quite intense because you're trying to spread that spirit of connection and love and it's worth the fight and being vulnerable in a place where, yes, my mess is not as messy, but I'm still a mess, right? Yeah. It's so awesome mm -hmm. that you're saying, this is what real life is. And so it's okay to be a mess and us sharing more openly and connecting in that way that you're lovable. Yeah. You're a person that matters, even if you are a mess. Like, yeah. let's, be, let's be a mess together. I agree. Thank you. Yeah. And I, I just want to mention for any, for any listeners out there, if you're a parent and you need help, if you're a teenager and you need help, you can feel free to contact me at on Instagram at live.life.bigger or by my website, it's livelifebigger.org. My email's on there. I also, my website, www.protectstrong.com. You can find my email and my personal cell phone number on there. So if you need someone to talk to, if you need someone to call, if you need help, please feel free to reach out. Thank you. All right. And finally, yeah, can you just answer the key five question. Why are you fighting? And why don't you just give up while we close out? I fight because I want to feel a sense of peace in myself. And I fight because the battle happens whether I want it to or not. And I fight because I'd rather stand and fight than run and die. And I fight because there's peace in fighting and there's hope in fighting and there's help there. I fight because I want to be an amazingly warm fire that people can come and sit by. 
and I fight because I want to radiate hope and I want to radiate love and I want to radiate connection. I fight because pornography destroyed a big part of me. And because of fighting, I was able to build it back into what I feel like is a better part of me. I fight because fighting is a refiner's fire and it only makes you better. And it only, it's like taking that coal and pushing it into a diamond. I fight because, I fight because there's people who need an example of fighting. And I fight to be that person. And I don't give up because we don't give up here at Sons of Healman. I don't give up because Christ has never and will never give up on me. His atonement can reach anybody at any depth. I don't give up because it is better to stand and fight. Because if you run, you will only die tired. And I don't give up because I know that if I endure, I know that if I continue to fight, if I continue to, to strive to be the man that God wants me to be, if I continue to strive to choose righteousness, I know that God will judge me by the desires of my heart, no matter if I make mistakes or not, no matter if I slip up or not, he will judge me by who I'm trying to be. And I know that to be true, and so I won't give up. Amen. Thank you, Smith. Thank you. Yeah, thanks everybody for being here with us. I just, if you're out there and you are thinking, you know what? My messes have destroyed a big part of me, like Smith just pointed out. But then he said, but I'm grateful because it's revealed a better part of me. I just would invite you to consider joining the fight, being someone who doesn't believe that lie of, you know what, I've just gone too far, just destroyed big parts of me. And instead, realize the truth really is that as you fight, you're going to reveal better parts of you. As Smith is so beautifully exemplified. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being with us today, Warrior Moms. I invite you to make a donation at the top of our website, mothersyouknow.org. Any amount you can afford today will help us keep Mothers Who Know services free for all moms. Thank you so much for your generosity. Moms, remember your divine identity and great worth. Continue in your courageous efforts to support God's great work. Notice the miracles you see every day, the evidence of the Savior's love and mercy. Find the message in your message. Reach out and share the principles you learn in Mothers You Know with other mothers. You are God's secret weapon for good in this world. Finally, a few pieces of information for you. I recommend a few other podcast channels to listen to. Like Dragons Do They Fight podcast, that includes interviews and stories with those that have struggled and overcome something in their life. And the Eternal Warriors podcast, hosted by two YSA age young men who share their story, teach valuable lessons, and interview special guests. You can follow us on our social media pages on Facebook under MothersYouKnow.lcs or search for Mothers You Know, and on Instagram 
username at mothers underscore who know. Last, if you would like additional support and training, please go to mompowertraining.com to sign up for the next eight-week Mom Power Training class for all moms. You can also go to the Mothers Who Know website at mothershoknow.org or our parent company, Life Changing Services, at lifechangingservices.org to learn more about our excellent services to support you and your loved ones. Thank you so much for listening today. Please feel free to email me anytime with questions or to set up a complimentary 30-minute appointment to visit. Please email me at mothershoknow at lifechangingservices.org. Looking forward to hearing from you amazing moms. See you next time.